What You Need to Know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. DeMarco Farr is in for Sedano. It's Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. And here is Laura with What We Need to Know. I am excited that I finally get to do this story (laughs) because I've been trying to do this What You Need to Know for the past, like, two to three days, and other things just piled on. So, anyways, as you guys know, I did visit Disneyland three days in a row, and I was pleased to say that I didn't have to wait in line that long. But Disneyland, uh, Disneyland is coming out with a new service called Disney Genie. That is a free service. Okay, so it's gonna, it's basically gonna help you create a personalized, like, um, visit. So it's like if you wanna just see these kind of characters, or you wanna go to these kind of, uh, you know, um, rides. Why can't I speak today? Damn, these rides. You can kind of personalize that. But there's an additional thing. If you want to skip the lines, you can pay for uh, Disney Genie Plus, twenty bucks. And it'll help you skip. So it's basically replacing their fast pass. Oh, really? Yeah. So I can personalize my visit. Mm-hmm. I want to go to X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and I can pay twenty bucks to get to the front of the line. Yep. Sold. Thank you. <laughs> People were like so hating on it. I was like, why? I pay for fast track, bro. Like, thank you. <laughs> I like my time. My time is valuable. And look, I love Disneyland. You're already spending money there. Might as well get what you want from it. And I do not want to be in a one hour line. 45 minute line if i can pay 20 bucks and it's 20 bucks per ticket so if i want to pay 20 dollars to just say whoop i'm here let's go see cap i tell my wife all the time i don't shop she shops Mm. i buy i know what i want (laughs) i walk up i get it i go out (laughs) i don't sit there all day right if i could personalize my trip to disneyland oh Mm -hmm. my god and i'm happy Yep. And I get to the front of the lines, sold. You got me. I mean, but yeah. you're DeMarco Far. You should probably just get to the front that of the does, line. That, you've it doesn't been to work. Disneyland. That doesn't work. I no. mean, I ain't nobody, though, so that, of course it doesn't work no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, Laura, I was going to ask you, is it $20 per ticket? So I show, up to, I show up to Disney. I got my whole family. Uh-huh. I got six people with me. And, uh, and now it's an extra 120 bucks. But the reality is, is that would I rather spend the $120 to skip all the lines or would I rather wait? an hour and a half to get onto Space Mountain. I will pay that all day long to skip those lines. And you know what, Cap? The thing is, like, whether it's Disneyland or California Adventure, the, um, what is it, the Cars Land, the Radiator Springs one? Yeah. Like, that one is sometimes 85 minutes of a standby wait, right? I'm the kind of person that's like, if I'm with the group, Y'all on your own. I'm going on single rider, okay? Bye. Like, that's how we roll in. We got unhooked on Space Mountain. My, my buddy, who's 6'6", he couldn't fit uh-huh. so that the security bar wouldn't come down. Uh-huh. So yeah. they just unhooked the car and pushed us off to the side. <laughs> right? No way. Yeah, and just left us there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah. My brother was afraid of that because my brother's been losing weight. Yeah. So he's like, man, I don't think I'm going to fit. And I'm like, look, bro, you're good. But he went so cautious to Space Mountain when we went on Tuesday. But my little nephew's like, Theo, I want you to go. And he's there and he's there and he sees a gentleman a little chunkier than him. He's like, we good. Okay, good. I don't want to be those people. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's yeah, right. Because yeah. they have like, you know, certain times when you go to any amusement park, they have like a, a height restriction. Yeah, they yeah. like, Yo, if you're not If you're not this tall, mm-hmm. you're not getting on this ride. Nobody ever has anything if you're this wide. Uh, with restrictions. No, they do. Yeah. Do, uh, do they? Universal Studios actually has on their Harry Potter one, they have a sample seat. 
oh, outside good. of the the attraction, so you can go and test if you're gonna fit. See? Yeah, that's smart. I got a big derriere, so I need to know <laughs> these things, right? You know, like the airport, they got the little thing for your bag. If it uh-huh. fits, it can go overhead, yep, right? Yeah. How about one for my? <laughs> you <laughs> know, if I can sit in this thing. So I don't have to waste 85 minutes. That's a good problem to have, man. I don't, I I, I wish, I wish, you know. Can you imagine the executives sitting around there like, listen, we got to come up with a way for folks that are a little bit big to to kind of figure out if they're going to fit on the ride or not. We can't say, hey, if you weigh this much or hey, if you're this wide. So they come up with this idea of if you fit in this car, you're good. That's a very smart idea. And you save Mm -hmm. problems because people get mad when they wait 85 minutes and then you can't ride the ride. And now you've got an issue. Right. right. <laughs> so don't be don't be cheap. It's twenty bucks. You spend that at Starbucks in one day. So you're good. Go spend Done. it on the G- uh, Disney Genie Plus. And, but the thing is, you do still have to do like reservations for the virtual queues for the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, and then the new one that they have at the Adventures Campus. So you can't skip those. You need uh, All right. well, reservations. That's good. That's a good what you need to know, everybody. There you go. Plus Laura's spy report. I mean, three days in a row at Disneyland this week. That is amazing. It was two and then one at California Adventure, but I got a lot of steps in. Nice. I ate some churros. Oh, gotta have it. Yeah, you gotta have the churro. I had to come to work, so when I was at California Adventure, I couldn't drink. But I love to drink over there. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I like that one, because I can walk around with my drink, you know? Somebody made me feel bad. My daughter, Six, hasn't been there yet. What? I said, see, which one? Which one? The six-year-old has no, to Disneyland. Dis- oh, okay. See, but it's the COVID. You know, yeah. we haven't been there yet, so yeah. I, we would have gone had not. But you know, yeah. but they're like, oh, she hasn't gone yet. Like I'm a bad parent. <laughs> you know, like I'm a horrible parent because I haven't taken her to Disneyland well, and she's six. The thing, okay, here's the only the only reason I feel like it's it's kind of thrown at you because you work for the mouse, so it's like, okay, you okay. can take her. Versus, I didn't go like, till the- I was twelve. See, my parents. So total, total, total sidebar. When I was younger, my parents, it was uh, my two older sisters, myself, and then I have a brother that's two years younger than I am. So us four, we got to do a lot. Dodger games, Disneyland, concerts, because me and my brother were close to an age and my sisters were a little older. So my parents always took us out. Once my two younger brothers came into the picture, because they're both autistic, I feel bad for them because my mom was like sheltered. So they didn't really do anything. So they're like, oh, we want to go here. No. Oh, we want to go do that. No. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, I feel so bad for them. But my dad literally has videos of me when I was really little getting scared meeting mickey and pluto and donald i want to burn all of that the pictures the videos i'm like ain't nobody need to see any of that (laughs) but i was really young when i went that makes me feel better what you just said see you might hate it you never know that's true most kids will cry with the characters there you go uh demarco far is in for george sedano today it's sedano and kaplan on 710 espn before the break i said this demarco you had said earlier in today's broadcast that you thought because very, very few Rams players will play tomorrow night against the Raiders, and very few of them will play in the preseason. Very few of the guys who are expected to be playmakers during the season will get any playing time during preseason games. And I thought you had a really interesting comment, which was, I think Sean McVay is killing the preseason. What I didn't realize was that tonight, on a Friday night, when I've got two football games on in front of me, Arizona and Kansas City, 
I was watching the pregame of this of this particular game, and I was seeing Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. warming up on the field, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, okay, you travel with the team, you go through pregame warmups. He wasn't even in pads at the time. You throw the ball around a little bit. You just go through your routine. This is what I'm going to do when the season starts." Well, then I'm watching this game, Demarco, and maybe if if Sean McVay is killing the preseason, maybe Andy Reid is reviving the preseason. Patrick Mahomes played well into the second quarter. In fact, didn't really look that good. Kind of didn't look sharp at all. Threw a pick in his last ball that I just saw. And Kyler Murray played through the second quarter for Arizona. So when we think of the preseason and stars not playing and particularly quarterbacks not playing, interesting that Kyler Murray uh, and Patrick Mahomes would go head-to-head for a quarter and a half in a preseason game. I was kind of shocked by that. I I was saying the same thing. Patrick Mahomes pulled the ball down and ran and took a shot in the middle of the field, got hit in the back. And I'm like, what a risk, you know? Anything could happen. Uh, Concussion, hurt his hand, who knows? That's your guy, and you put him at risk in the preseason. I'm sure Andy Reid held his breath. But, you know, and uh, I actually took that from Travis. Travis asked me that question about did Sean McVay kill the preseason. And I said – Possibly, think about it, he doesn't play anyone in the preseason and he's won 67% of his games since he's been a head coach. So it can be done. He is showing you it can be done. But I would say this, not every coach is made the same. Some coaches need preseason as much as the players do. You know what I mean? So it's it's just as big a risk putting Mahomes out there as it is for Sean McVay to not play Matthew Stafford in the preseason and just expect him to be ready week one September. So uh, it's a risk either way, but I'd rather risk it with my guy being safe in the preseason. I would just would hate to lose a guy in, in preseason when it doesn't count. And let me tell you why. Why I like joint practices, because they're controlled. I can get work. I can go against the Raiders. I can go against the Chargers. I mean, really get work at football, the fundamentals, which is what we're trying to do to get better. Now, what happens in a game? Now, this is football. It does not count. It does not matter. If the ball comes out, say I'm Aaron Donald, and he's on the field for 10 plays, and the quarterback center have a bad exchange and the ball is laying there. Well, by right, he has to dive in there and try to recover the football. And people can pile on him and little nicks and boo-boos and injuries happen on stupid things like that that carry over into the regular season. So I really like the way Sean McVay is doing it. I'm just not sure if every coach in the NFL can do it like him. DeMarco, let me get your uh, thought on this because you said this earlier as well, and I really wanted to dig in on it. You said, and you've, you seem to have been at just about every Rams practice, and you were there earlier this week, and obviously you'll be on the sidelines Saturday night against the Raiders. You said you have some some real concerns about the Rams' defense, and I think most of us presume the Rams' defense is a strength. I suppose we probably think about it at the defensive line position, but then also in the secondary, even though they've lost some guys. When you're watching the Rams over these last few practices, what has you so concerned about the Rams, D? Well, that's funny. It, it, it was the first time when we had Andrew on, Siciliano. Um, we had been trying to get on radio together forever or at least talk about football in a public setting, and that this was the first time on this show. So, Well, I just got lucky. I, I happened to text him last night. I just wanted to bust his chops about his whole philosophy about not having any special teams plays or always going for it that's on fourth down. Yes, yeah. I mean – We'll talk about that one later. But, no, we had that discussion about defense, and everything he said I kind of echoed. I know Leonard Floyd is your best outside option, Uh, 10-sack guy, and I think he has a chance to grow and get better. But 
who's opposite him on the other side. I think it's going to be kind of a revolving door or kind of a bullpen uh, game at outside backer outside of him. If it's an obvious passing down, you may see Obo Okoronkwo. Uh, if it's a mixed down, if Terrell Lewis is healthy, you may see him. He's the best combo guy, but you're still trying to figure out who that guy is. That's an issue. Uh, Michael Brockers was tough. He could play four different positions on the defensive line. He can go from outside shoulder of the tackle all the way down to the inside shoulder of the center and not miss a beat. Uh, now, this is a guy that was a first-round pick that got nothing but better in a Rams uniform. So I, I don't expect anybody to be that good this early, but as far as a one-to-one swap, I, I don't see that guy. Uh, I, and you're not going to see him in the preseason. So it's an area of concern. And like we talked about, at safety, uh, you're losing a lot with John Johnson III. You're, you're losing ball-hawking ability, experience, leadership. Uh, he was the guy that called the plays last year. So you're losing a lot on defense. Uh, there's a lot of what-ifs and a lot of hopes uh, going into that defense right now. So it is kind of concerning. Now, what does give me pause or what does make it a little bit easier, easier and mitigate that some is you do have Aaron Donald, and there hasn't been a guy yet – in this league that can stop him one-on-one, and you do have Jalen Ramsey. So you do have the eraser and instant pressure. So that part of the defense is fine, just like Matthew Stafford. I know that part of the offense is going to be fine. Now, it's just those other games, when you get into those cold-weather games up in Seattle, when you get into those slugfests in San Francisco, and when San Fran comes to town where you need that toughness up front and you need that smart safety play when you have Kittle on the field at the same time, that combo guy, those are the things that give you pause. But like I said, we're early in preseason. We haven't seen them really go live just yet. So their concerns now, they might not be big deals come September. All right. Well, that's good. It's good analysis. Hey, stick around, everybody. Coming up, the NBA announced their schedule, and we found out what the Lakers' full schedule looks like. We're going to dig into that coming up. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN on a Friday evening. DeMarco Farr is sitting in. We're putting DeMarco to work this week, man. Bring it. Yeah, going to hear him on the game tomorrow night when the Raiders take on the Rams at SoFi Stadium. But, you know, DeMarco, I'd be curious to hear what you think. Um, earlier today, the NBA announced their schedule. And I don't know about you, I'm not looking at the entire schedule. I'm looking at the Lakers schedule. Correct. Um, there are 42 games that are, and I think I'm getting that right, 42 games that are on national television. I went back and I, I literally counted every one of them. 30 of them, 32 of them actually, are on ESPN, ABC, or TNT. 10 of them are considered nationally televised, but they're on NBA TV, which for me, becomes problematic because now i got to go try and find that on my cable, you know. 
Um, <laughs> really, you have DirecTV, right? No, Bro, I don't have DirecTV. Google. I don't have DirecTV. <laughs> it's a Google. It's okay, fine. You don't have to have DirecTV. Yeah, it's really is a quick. What channel? What channel is NBA TV on? Blank. Yeah, they look so disappointed provider. when you said. That. I know these guys. They get so upset with me. They get. They do. Well, I, what you I'm going to do? Take that extra step. You know what I'm going to do, though, Greg? Here's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to call. The cable company. Okay, why do you have to call oh my them? God. And I'm, no, no, hold on. Here's what I'm gonna do. You ready? Yeah. I want a new remote control. I want the remote control that you talk into. You're like, go to NBA TV, and it just takes you there. Just That's get what a Roku, I want. man. <laughs> like literally, my bang, little bang, Roku. Right? <laughs> and it's just like, yo, play Apple TV. Play this. Play that. And it just doesn't. So See? simple. Smart. Yeah. I don't know. Are you guys cord cutters, or is everybody here still connected somehow? I'm connected still. I'm both. Yep. Cord cut. Cord cut. Yeah. I'm yeah. both. I haven't cut the cord quite yet. I haven't been able to I do know. it. I can't let go. <laughs> I, I know. But then you buy all the go. apps, and the apps are more expensive than just having cable. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So, DeMarco, I'm looking at this schedule, though, for the Lakers, and, you know, opening yeah. night is October 19th against Golden State. I mean, you talk about putting the stars on display because now you got LeBron, and hopefully you've got a fully healthy AD, and now you've got Russ. And on the other side, you've got Steph and probably not really Clay Thompson, but you've got Steph and you've got, you know, that at least some of the core of that Golden State team. But opening night against Golden State, that, that's a great start to the season. What do you think? You know, I, look, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't think that's just a Laker Warrior thing. I think that's a country thing. I mean, I, I think NBA fans from, you know, coast to coast would, would want to see that matchup. It's the m- most marquee matchup. You're going to get anywhere LeBron goes is must see TV. That's prime time. And then you put him against the Warriors. Of course, you're going to want to see that. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, going hard early uh, with a team that's not really there yet. Um, and we're not sure what it's going to look like. That could be scary. Um, it, it could be good for sports talk radio. What happens if the Warriors just absolutely pound them? If, if the Lakers don't look right early against the Warriors. I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, it's so funny because I'm like, okay, wait, Lakers, Warriors, Staples Center, LeBron comes back. You know, he spent his whole offseason getting healthier uh, and being more motivated. I don't know if you saw his tweet yesterday because there was, yeah, there was a survey that was done by ESPN and they surveyed like 10 front office executives and they asked who's the best player in the NBA and five of them went with Giannis and five of them went with KD and LeBron went to Twitter and said, okay, you guys are fueling me because uh, now I'm washed up, because nobody said he was the best player. So I figure you got a highly motivated LeBron, you got a fully healthy offseason AD, you've got the infusion of Russell Westbrook and this revamped roster. Like, it just never even occurred to me, like, oh, okay, what if the Lakers were to get pounded by Golden State on opening night in the Staples Center? I hadn't even thought about it. That would be crazy. You know, that's funny. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, same thing, when he had to respond to the social media about what people were saying, that he got burned or whatnot. Um, I told Maurice Jones-Drew, I hope he doesn't respond. Just let it roll off your back. I, I think by LeBron saying, you're fueling me, isn't that showing a little bit of weakness? You know, like you're, I, you need things to motivate you? I thought you were above that. This has been a conversation we have been having where I'm saying to everybody, why does he do this? If you're LeBron James and you are a billionaire and you are a multi-time champion and you can produce and star in your own movies, produce and star in your own TV shows, you have all this generational wealth and you're considered the goat of your era, why does why does it 
Why do you need to be motivated right. like that? You know, what was that song, Drake? You can't pay me enough to respond. I mean, look, you you're 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 above all that. That's that was surprising to me. And the picks. I mean, look, why wouldn't you pick Giannis? He's a champion. He's a newly crowned champion and he's young. Of course, anybody in their right mind would pick the young guy. Why wouldn't you pick Kevin Durant now? Don't you think that everybody needs some type of motivation? I mean, to get into all of these games, you got to be able to have to motivate yourself to get through no, 82 games. That's I a agree. great question. I'm just surprised he told you it got to him. I mean, Michael Jordan did the same thing in The Last Dance, and he told you how he did all those things. I think a lot of major athletes take things like this. Right, but that's what made The Last Dance so interesting. I didn't know Jordan had said those things back then. But he also I, made it. He made it okay by saying it on the air, by saying it. So LeBron saying it. Is basically the same type of deal where he's just he's just saying it while he's playing, opposed to so you're saying later if on. Had Twitter, he would have said it on Twitter. Probably. Okay, uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I mean, he seems like that type of guy, right? He wanted to win. Like that dude yeah, yeah. was was fully in it. Didn't matter what it was, he was going after you. So if he had Twitter, I think he would be more like KD in that situation right? and actually being all over Twitter. I, I don't know why that would make you mad if you're LeBron. I'm sure if you asked LeBron the same question, he'd probably pick the same two guys. I feel like it's one of those things that just gets him going. It's like, all right, now I'm now I got that motivation. I'm ready to go for this season. So, you know, I I think it's a good thing. I don't know, okay. is it Whatever. is it for show? Is it is it for his teammates? Is it for the fan base? It could be for is everybody. It, is it really for him? I mean, does does LeBron James really need 10 executives who don't pick him as the top player in the NBA. KD just carried the United States to a gold medal in the Olympics. Giannis knocked out KD and went on to win his first championship. Does he really, really get motivated because 10 executives around the NBA did not pick him as the top player? I mean, is that really like, oh, really? You didn't pick me as the top player? Well, now you got me mad. Now you got me fueled. Now I'm really motivated. Whereas yesterday, when I thought I was still the top player by everybody's account, I wasn't really as motivated. That was a pretty good Mr. T, Cap. Thank you. I'll tell you something, fool. You better watch the A-team, sucker. I'll come to your house. I'll take your TV. I'll give it to somebody who want to watch the A-team, fool. Sounds just like Mr. T. Yeah, I, I, I was a little surprised. I mean, that's uh, that gives them life. You know, the people on the other side. You know who I'm talking about. The guy that just can't leave LeBron alone. That will never give him his credit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sort of stuff just gives them life. You know what I mean? I, I'm surprised he even put that out there. It's sometimes is, you got to fake it to get that. And I guess this, so. this is basically his way of saying, all right, oh, oh there's something great. I'm going to okay. grab onto that. Mm. You know? Wow. Right. Well, listen, I, I, th I think guys, as they get older, athletes, as they get older, they still find ways to motivate themselves because they still want to win. Um, I, listen, I, I'll make a golf comparison here. Not that I'm like the world's biggest PGA Tour fan, but I look at a guy like Phil Mickelson, who's 51 years old or 50 or 51, and he still has just not long ago won a major championship because he still wants to go out and win. He still wants to right. go out and compete. So, I mean, LeBron James, to me, I, I feel like LeBron is, he's one of, the question was, would, would Michael Jordan have done this? Maybe he would have, but he mm. didn't have this tool. Right. So LeBron's got this tool. He uses it. Manny Pacquiao, right? Same thing, except he won't say that. He just accepts challenges. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, just I a mean, little surprising. I just that LeBron would actually respond like that. Respond period and then respond like that. But no no knock, maybe if it works, great. So be it. If this is what he needs, good. I mean, well, look at I look like at that LeBron. Yeah. I like Mad LeBron. Yeah, look at the, I mean, look at today's NBA players though that are actually in the Twitter world. Most of them are 
chatting away and being on Twitter, like him and KD, who was picked as one of them. Giannis is all over is all over Twitter. I mean, he may not be saying these type of things, but they're right. using it. Whereas back in the day, the the people that were comparing it to didn't have it. Just like Jordan didn't have it, Kobe didn't have it. All of these the main yeah. guys that you kind of compare them to, Pacquiao didn't have it when you he know, was first coming up. So the it's one, just a different world. The one guy in the past I wish I could give it to, like Instagram, Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez, could you imagine? Oh, right. Yo. The mind of Where Rodman was he for that whole time? Media. Oh, I'll go look at his Instagram. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of Giannis, just for a quick second, I thought it was really interesting today. And I, I actually love these stories. When guys hit it huge and they make a ton of money, one of the greatest things you could invest in if you don't need the cash is a pro sports franchise. And so um, when I see a Patrick Mahomes investing in the Kansas City Royals, or now today Giannis investing cash into the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't know how you feel about that, DeMarco, but seriously, like the, 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 um, the prices of pro sports franchises continue to just go through the roof. So if you don't think you're going to need that $10 million, $20 million, whatever it might be, $50 million, if you're not going to need that hard cash, for the next 10 years, you put into a pro sports franchise and 10 years later, when the, the franchise is valued at $3 billion today, 10 years from now, it'll be $4 billion, four, four point five. If you don't need the cash, it is a great investment. I love what Giannis did. I love what Mahomes did. I, I love LeBron in the Red Sox. I think that's really cool. It, it follows what we're taught as athletes, or at least I heard uh, when you accept a scholarship and you turn pro and you become a professional athlete, you're supposed to pay back your scholarship. Invest in your school, right? That's what I heard. That's what you're supposed to do. And it only makes sense if you're a pro, invest in your team. It To me, it makes perfect business sense. Invest in sports in something you know where your name is biggest. It makes perfect sense to me. I thought it was really cool today that Giannis did that. that, that and just to see him put on a Brewers jersey, and, and again, Mahomes is now with the Royals, LeBron with the with the uh, the Red Sox. I think it's super cool. All right, listen, coming up next, it is the highest-rated segment on the show. Big deal or no deal is right around the corner, and uh, let's find out tonight what Greg Bergman has planned for us, everybody. Big deal or no deal is next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks again, Chris. All right, DeMarco, we're going to start with you for Big Deal, No Deal. Josh, 
Josh Rosen, or the chosen one when he was at UCLA, <laughs> was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft just a few years ago and was put on waivers by the 49ers this week. Well, he cleared waivers today when nobody picked him up. Is this a big deal or no deal? Uh, I'd say, well, I'll go big deal. That's big. Um, you don't see top 10 guys, top 10 quarterbacks wash out this fast. Right. I mean, guys get hurt. Uh, guys just aren't good enough. They become perpetual backups somewhere, caddies for another quarterback. But a guy drummed out of the league this fast. You know, everything they said about Rosen came true. He is super talented. I, I thought he was pretty darn good in Arizona, a bad situation. You can see the talent, uh, but I think he just doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. You know, guys competing for reps, backup quarterbacks, third-team quarterbacks don't get to say to the media, I need more reps in practice. You just don't. That's not how it works. They will show you the, show you the door. I think it's a big deal. I do, too. Um, it is such a rarity to see a guy from a top-level school and, you know, we can argue all day long about what UCLA is as a football program now. But to be from a Pac-12 school, and by the way, let's go back before that. Because remember, DeMarco, he was like the number one ranked high school player coming out of high school. Um, and played at one of the big-time power programs of high school football. Greg, you'll have to check me on this, but I'm almost positive it was in Las Vegas. So here you have a guy who's, who's kind of already projected to be an NFL player in high school. He uh, goes to UCLA, leaves early, first-round draft choice, and you know Arizona decides we're going to go in a completely different type of direction. And Josh Rosen is essentially out of the NFL right now. It doesn't mean he won't get another shot somewhere, but to be a first-round draft choice quarterback and probably be only about 25 years old wow. to already be on the outs, it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, I'm looking at tomorrow night, for example, uh, Mitch Trubisky will go back to Chicago to take on the Bears, and he'll be the starting quarterback, even though it's just a preseason game, for the Buffalo Bills. But Trubisky is still going to be in this league, but now he's going to be a backup quarterback to Josh Allen. Yeah. I find it fascinating that, that Josh Rosen finds himself in this position. He went to St. John Bosco. Bosco. Oh, pardon me. He was wow. one of the biggest. So one of the biggest powerhouses in Southern California. Better. Check me on that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, let's go to the next one, Laura. That yep, <laughs> thank you. All right, Cap. I officially don't understand the NFT world. I don't think I ever will. Gizmodo is reporting that people are paying between thirty-seven hundred dollars and two hundred forty-eight thousand six hundred dollars for NFT rocks. Yes, rocks. They are. They are, and only will ever be one hundred of these rocks, and they serve literally no purpose other than to be bought and sold. These are rocks, again, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Are they real rocks or are they virtual No, no, rocks? no. They are virtual NFT rocks. Got it. Oh, hell no. Is this <laughs> a big deal or no deal? I am going no deal. You know, George and I always go back and forth about cryptocurrency. And, and I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Bitcoin. I believe in Ethereum. I mean, I think I see what goes on. I follow it all day. Um, but this notion of NFTs, I haven't been able to get into it. I'm certainly not about to buy them. I know people talk about them as if, you know, trading cards. Wasn't it earlier this week there was like a Honus Wagner baseball card that sold for over a million dollars? So I'm not buying into this. I'm not buying the whole theory of NFTs, especially not when it comes to rocks. So I'm going to go with no deal here. I agree. I don't get it at all. I don't understand it. 
I'm like, I, am I asleep? You know, is this the Matrix? What are you guys selling here? I just, I yeah, no deal. I don't get it. Would you do it? No, it's a rock. Like, this is the pet rock all over pet again rock, from the 60s. Right. A virtual rock. It's that's, a yes, virtual, virtual That's all rock. it is. Rock. <laughs> wow. Dad, you're like, ooh, I have one of the 100 rocks. Here's my thing. I'm going to go in, in here. Sorry, guys. But well, of course. My thing is, if anyone is buying that, and y'all fill in the blank, please, I will give you my Venmo. You can send me yes. that money, okay? Give me like, the money, yes. virtual rock, y'all tripping. You Laura. obviously don't know what you're doing with your money. Give Laura. it to me. Yes. $248,600. They paid for one wow. rock. Okay, whoever, wow. whoever paid for that rock, Laura lost 300 pounds and wants to look good. So you can donate you to me, okay? Because wow. I will put that money to use. There I'm just go. saying. For a rock? Absolutely. Oh, y'all tripping. Hey, by the way, just a little side note to all of this. You mentioned uh, where Rosen went to high school, St. John Bosco. They're playing tonight against Miami Central. I don't know how you feel about this, uh, DeMarco, but I, I love these high school football games where you take like a great team from South Florida and a great team from Southern California, and it's one week where you put them together. I love this kind of stuff. I love high school football. But Miami Central tonight at St. John Bosco, Josh Rosen's alma mater. I love it, uh, but doesn't it kind of invite corruption? <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean yeah, of course. I don't want to make kids pros too early, you know? But I'm always interested. Yeah. You take a team from South Florida, you take a team from Southern California, and two football factories. I find it to be very interesting. Sometimes I just head east on a Friday night and look for lights. I don't even know what the school is. And look for lights and pull up and go catch a game. I, I love, love high it. school yeah. football. Love it. Laura, next, please. All right, DeMarco. Mike Richards is out as the host of Jeopardy after some past comments came out, and they were not good ones. And Dictionary.com was not going to let it get by without a shot. Tweeting, Jeopardy is a noun meaning peril or danger. Here it is in a sentence. My job is in Jeopardy because of my past comments. Is this tweet a big deal or no deal? Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, have you heard, read some of the comments? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a big deal, you know, <laughs> and, and the guy picked himself, right, to yeah. be the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of a big deal. So I, I think this is uh, you know, the tip of the iceberg thing. I'll say the the way you asked the question, Greg, is the tweet. The tweet itself, yes. The, I'm going to say no deal. I I actually think it's funny. I think it's funny that is it dictionary? Is that the name of the Twitter account? Yep, dictionary.com. I think it's funny that they went after him. I also think it's ridiculous, man. I got to tell you something. Any guy who's the executive producer of the show who anoints himself after going through this ridiculous, <laughs> you know, like like uh, this fake kind of audition for everybody from Aaron Rodgers to Joe Buck. And there were so many other people that had their opportunity, but nobody was really being given an opportunity. It was right. all just a big scam. And for him to have not known you know, I'm under the radar as the executive producer, but when I be when I elevate myself as the host, they're going to start digging into my background and the wow. things that happened apparently when he was the executive producer at the Price is Right and the things that he said to women back then. How did he think that this was not going to come out? Wow. That's yeah. funny. That's like Jerry would Jerry Jones the owner hire Jerry Jones the coach? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that would go over well. Uh, all right, Laura, next 
All right, Cap. I know we did. T- I know DeMarco brought it up with Andrew Siciliano real quick, but I want to do it anyway. Larry Fitzgerald said today to Jim Gray on their radio show, Let's Go, on Sirius XM NFL. Jim, to be honest with you, I just don't have the urge to play right now. I don't know how I'll feel in September, October, November moving forward, but I just today, I just don't have the urge. Is this a big deal or no deal? I'm going to say no deal. Uh, I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan, uh, pit football brother of mine. I love Larry Fitzgerald. However, um, you get to a point in your career where you've done everything you want to do, where you've made all the money, where maybe you're not quite as good as you once were, where you don't want to go to training camp. And you know what? You're just like, I just don't have the desire anymore. And so not having the desire to me is not really a big deal. Now, he may be watching games in a month from now and thinking to himself, I'm in great shape. You know what? I can call this team. I could come play with these guys. I think these guys are real contenders. I could help them. I want to go there. I I just don't think that Larry Fitzgerald admitting that he doesn't have the desire anymore is a a big deal. So I'm going no deal. I'll go the opposite. I'll say it's a big deal. I think he's going to make some people really look foolish towards the end of the year when he goes to a contender. When he goes to a team that actually has a quarterback – a legit guy, a pocket passer that feeds him the football, you're going to see that this guy is still the same guy. He's always been the same guy. The one thing I keep hearing from Arizona about Larry Fitzgerald is his numbers are the same, his training numbers, his 40-yard dash, his mile times, bench press, everything he did as a rookie, he's still doing, and he's still beating those same times. Physically, same guy. If you want to look at why his production has fallen off, look at the quarterback spot. So, if he picks the right team towards the end of the year, I think a lot of people are going to be eating their words. How would you like to see Larry Fitzgerald come out of what I would call, I'll, I'll put this in air quotes, semi-retirement, and go play for the Rams? You know, that would be awesome, but which guy is gone? That's an issue. Well, I, listen, I, <laughs> I, I, here's what I would say. I hope Deshaun is, is healthy all season long, right. but his history suggests that it won't be the way, won't be the case. So I'm just saying if if the Rams had an opening or had a need and Larry Fitzgerald were available to them, man, Larry Fitzgerald with Matthew Stafford, now wouldn't that be interesting? No doubt. Who was that? Oh, that was Momo when she left. She said uh, her kid, when the kid gets mad, he throws stuff, and he got that from her. The only time I've thrown something on Ram news this year is when I heard the Rams were out of the running for Julio Jones. I did. I threw something. Yeah. <laughs> if Can you imagine that guy here with Matthew Stafford? Another great player. Oh, my gosh. Right. No, so, another guy yeah, you'd like I, to see stay healthy. No doubt. All right. Well, there you go. There's big deal or no deal. And speaking of big deals, it's a big deal that you call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call our friends at Sam and Ash Law, 1-800-304-2000. 1-800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. Coming up, has anybody seen any of the documentary on Netflix yet? Malice at the Palace. Has anybody seen it? Let's get to that coming up. Yeah, Sedano and Kaplan here on a Friday afternoon. DeMarco Farr is in today. DeMarco, I know next week you'll be in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? That's what they tell me. I'll be here. Absolutely. Let me me tell you something, man. Um, I know, you know, you're in our downtown L.A. studios. I'm still at home. But let me tell you, today's been a pleasure. It's been a ton of fun. And on National Radio Day, I will tell you this. You know, I worked with a guy for 16 years. We never missed a beat any day. We were on every single day together for 16 years. I know you know my, my old partner, Billy Ray Smith. who was great, Yeah. <laughs> who, who, was, who was a great Charger linebacker in the day and was a great college player, a two-time All-American, a college football Hall of Famer. 
What a pleasure and so much fun. I mean, it, listen, me and Sedano go back 25 years, but uh, this was great today, man. I really oh. appreciate it. This was as close to me and Billy Ray, man. I'm telling you. 100. Awesome. You know, I mean, look, we're friends with the same guys. That that makes us friends. You know what I mean? If you're friends yeah. with BR, then you're cool with me. Yeah. Uh, that's my guy. That was the, uh, I told him, he was the first guy that came up with suit anxiety. Uh, you know, we, we were doing this uh, show for FSN, this college football show, and we hated putting ties on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why do we have to wear this? Can't we just talk ball with T-shirts? Nope, we got to wear a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, shout out to my man, Billy Ray, yes, man. Sir. Oh, he's doing great, man. He's living a good retired life. Just turned 60, if you can believe no it No kidding. Wow. Yeah, Way to go, yeah. man. Yeah. My dude. Hey, DeMarco, uh, let, me, uh, let me throw something at you here because we always like to ask everybody who's filling in uh, and guesting for us, and we appreciate it, what they're watching, uh, what shows they might recommend for everybody that's listening. And I got to just throw one at you here because I started last night. I just got into the first episode of The Malice at the Palace. Have you seen this yet? I was just telling Greg, uh, I... I... I started it this morning and I turned it off because like it's, it's deep. Um, I got through the, uh, when, when Steven Jackson and Ron Artest are, and they, they tell you the raw footage was never seen by the public and we're yeah. going to show it to you. And they showed these clips. I, it was just too much for me this morning. And I had just come off watching the Christy Martin one. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but oh, I want to see that man. also. Oh yeah. dude. I mean, so watching that going through an hour of her life, and then going right to the malice in the palace, I just, I, I, it was too much. But I can't wait to get home to, to, to finish it. I can't wait to watch it. You know, the Christy Martin documentary, I haven't seen it, but somebody else recommended it to me. And I can remember back in like the mid-90s going to all these Mike Tyson boxing matches. And back then, Don King was promoting her yeah. as the, you know, the coal miner's daughter. And she was kind of one of the early stars of female combat sports, really female boxing. And I, I don't remember, was it was it Layla Ali that maybe kind of ended her career? And I don't know if it's, she... That part is in there. She talks about it. It's bigger than what you think. It is. I got to see it. I can't oh, wait to see Oh, my gosh. It. You have to see this. And look, it's very now. I know it happened back then, but her story is very now. I'll just leave it at that. Well, I started... So I, last night, I turned on Malice at the Palace. You know what I didn't realize is, is how much everybody respected... Ron Artest as a give it everything you've got kind of player. Um, listening to Reggie Miller talk about Ron Artest coming to the Indiana Pacers and the sort of the way he played in practice, the way he played in games, I always thought of him as this very aloof personality. But in watching Ron Artest in this documentary, you realize because he's not bashful about it, he had a, like a lot of mental health related problems that were contributing to what he was dealing with on the floor. Um, and when, when you see him that night at the Palace in, in outside of Detroit, when he laid down on the table, um, it wasn't necessarily because he was just being a goofball or he was trying to incite a riot in any way. He actually was, the way he describes it, he was kind of practicing some sort of mental exercise to to stop the anxiety wow. that was going on around. Oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. Sorry, okay. I don't know how far. No, you no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I like run our test. Yeah, I, but you know what was or also, is it Meta World Peace now? Well, now it's Meta World Peace. Yeah, but, right. but the other thing is, and I know you'll get to it tonight. But for anybody else that's going to be watching this, here's another thing that blew my mind. When when Ron Artest changed his name, he changed it because he he 
it was because of that night at the palace and and how people associated who he was in his name and he winds up winning a championship with the lakers and the night that he wins a championship with the lakers as he goes to sit down to do an interview the first thing he talks about is how i just won a championship but the team that i was on with reggie miller and stephen jackson and jermaine o'neal and these guys that was a championship team, and we never got there because of the fight at the Palace and how wow. he felt about it. it was, dude, it was very powerful, wow. to your point. Wow. I, you know, I, I can't wait to see it, uh, to understand it a little bit more, that, that whole situation. It's bad. It's bad all around. But uh, you said you thought Ron Artest was aloof? Really? Yeah. I, I right? the, the, one of the first memories I have of Ron Artest was when they had that camera in the tunnel, and he had lost, and he was throwing, like, monitors yeah, this this guy is anything but aloof. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that that his ability, his toughness. Uh, yeah, he. I, I could see that. I could see how that team could be considered a championship team if if they didn't have that happen. I can't wait to watch the rest of the 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 documentary. What I didn't know, and and I've only watched episode one. I think there's either a four part series or maybe it's a six part series. But I didn't realize. That the way they've described it, at least in episode one, is that the guy who took it the worst, like the, the guy whose career was most impacted by everything that happened that night at the palace, was Jermaine O'Neal. And I, I'm looking forward really? to hearing the rest of what the story goes, uh, how it goes, because I didn't realize it. You know, I, um, Stephen Jackson went on and played, and Ron Artest went on and played, and Jermaine O'Neal, the way they described that, you know, who he was as a little kid coming out of high school, this skinny kid out of South Carolina and going to Portland and never really getting a chance to play. He actually tells a story that he's on the bench in Portland and he starts crying. Wow. Like, like I can't believe I'm not contributing to this team. I went from being the number one player in high school, the fourth best player at my position on my team. And he's crying on the bench because he, he can't even get on the floor. And when he went to Indiana, they were not excited. When I say they, I mean, the fan base wasn't necessarily excited about him. And according to Reggie Miller, he was turning into one of the best players in the entire NBA. Wow. I always thought he was good. I really did. I mean, at his his best in his prime, he was a problem. You know, the guy had touch. You know, he was great with his back to the basket, could take you off the dribble, and he was big. I, th I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I never yeah. knew what happened to him. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, okay, Wait, that makes sense. He comes off as being like the super smart, thoughtful, articulate guy um really I, I can't wait to watch the next episode of malice in the palace so demarco i'll throw it to you man is there anything you would recommend to those of us that are, are here today like is there a show you're watching or something that you think we should definitely check out i, I told him look man everything in my house is like it, it's dominated by a six-year-old hmm. you know so i gotta watch the pg <laughs> the pg stuff uh but i mean i'm, I'm just getting in is it called the untold series documentaries I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think this. No, they, they did Malice in the Palace and oh, the Christy Martin. I would called? recommend. I would highly recommend watching the Christy Martin thing. Okay. And then if you can, you know, settle yourself after hearing this story, move right into it, just like I'm doing. This is great stuff. And of course, I heard Mason and Momo talking about Ted Lasso. Um, I am so glad that a show like that is on the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you so? Are you caught up? Are you totally no, up to speed? On I am not caught up. I'm not good enough for the water cooler. I'm just getting into it, and it was recommended by JB Long. But he's right. It it. I haven't watched the show and like felt good when it was over. You know what I mean? Most <laughs> yeah. of the shows I watch, I feel bad at the end of them. So so Laura, you were telling us yesterday that you just started getting into Ted Lasso, and then I saw a tweet that you had where you were trying to make up your mind, should you go back to doing your schoolwork or should you give up on your schoolwork and invest your time into Ted Lasso? 
Laura, where are you in Ted Lasso? I am in the Christmas episode. <laughs> Second so you're wait, wait, that, that was the that was the most recent episode. Although I think one drops today because yeah, it, it usually already. come out on Fridays, right? Yeah, I already got the notification on my Apple Watch. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I I look, I couldn't stop watching. I last night I, I told you guys that I was like in episode seven or eight or something like that in the first season, and I binged the rest of it and then in the morning I binged again because my appointments got canceled and I was like dang I gotta go meet someone right now snap okay I'll put the pause on that so I'm on episode what is it four I think on season two yeah yeah it's so good man I'm trying to bring myself back around to finish shameless oh I haven't done that yeah I don't it's depressing though yeah yeah (laughs) yeah shameless I don't have I don't have that in my I don't have that one. I don't. I don't really have it. Hey, Demarco, listen. It's great to be with you. Um, looking forward to listening to tomorrow night's game between the Rams and the Raiders. The game will be broadcast, obviously, here on the home of the Rams on seven ten. So between JB Long and MJD and yourself, looking forward to that broadcast. Hey, Demarco, thanks for coming in today, and I look forward to working with you next week. You got it, Cap man. Can't wait for it. All right. Hey, Greg Bergman, what do you got going on this weekend, buddy? I'm going to be at the game tomorrow at SoFi. You going to be my wearing daughter. a Raider gear? SoFi. I'll be wearing black. Yes. You're not going to be in a fight video on Monday, wow. are you? No, no, but I will be wearing black. All right, gotcha. Laura, you got big plans this weekend? I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to work, man. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't hey, had a day off. Keep if preaching anybody, If anybody needs me tomorrow, I'll be at the Pacific Classic at Del Mar. So big day of horse racing tomorrow if anybody needs me. For DeMarco and for Greg Bergman and for Laura Romo and for the entire team here at 710, have a great weekend. Be safe out there, everybody. And we're back on Monday. Until then, Cap saying...